All right, well, let's wrap up with some World Cup talk. Let's have some fun with the World Cup. Um, World Cup is coming uh, this year, November. Um, yeah. By the time it's released, it'll be in a few weeks. So the World Cup is always exciting. Every four years, started in 1930, and the first country was Uruguay, which if I did not, I would not have guessed that my first country to be Uruguay for the World Cup. So what what do you know of the history of the World Cup? Do you know how it got started, why it got started, anything like that? Well, it got started basically because the FIFA really wanted to have a tournament be- or between Britain and South America, uh, between Europe and South America, because that's what we are talking about. And behind Argentina and Brazil, Uruguay has always been like number three. So um, they made it like to the semifinals in 2006 and 2000. 2006, but definitely 2010 and so on. So they've always been quite good. They hosted the World Cup twice, I think 1930, 1938. So that was basically FIFA's idea. And it started more as a sportive tournament before it turned into the biggest money-making machine in sports ever. I think they make more money than the Olympics, honestly. So I think it's like uh, FIFA World Cup, Men's World Cup, Olympics, and then it's uh, the Super Bowl. So that's like the three biggest cash cows when you think about sporting events. And um, of course, during World War II, they couldn't play. but And then they widened. And that was the good thing FIFA did. They widened uh, the number of teams. So Asian qualifiers, North American qualifiers, and so on. Because we, we had Mexico, but I think like US or Canada are not really great soccer nations. So it took a while. And... To be honest, or to be fair to FIFA, FIFA also uses money that they make from the Men's World Cup, for example, to finance the Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. which is not money-making yet. It's getting more attention, it's getting bigger, it's getting more advertising, and so on, but it's not really a cash cow. I think they break even, but that's more or less it at the moment. So, But it's still, this is why they wanted to go for a two-year mode, and everyone's like, We've got leagues to play. We got other competitions to play. So you can't have a World Cup every two years. We got African Cup of Nations. We got the Euros. We got the CONCAF. So that would just be very disruptive. So I think they dropped the idea. But um, the next World Cup in like North America, you know, that's going to be Mexico, Canada, and US. It's just going to be bigger. I think you're going to have 48 teams then. Wow. And that will be really challenging in terms of logistics. So one group will just play Mexico. One group will just play in Canada. You have different hubs in the U.S. and so on. So that's going to be um, really interesting how they manage this. Yeah. Are they are they playing all over the U.S. Uh, for the World Cup? Is it, it was it L.A. and Atlanta? I think. I think the I think they have like hubs in the West and in the East. So it's a bit like, you know, when you have like the, the, the two leagues and is it football when they, oh, yeah. football, basketball, AFC, it's like East NFC, and West Coast. Yep, and then yep, East and West Coast. Yep, yeah, yep. exactly. So I think they're going to do something very similar that they have like the hubs, but um, it's just going to be a lot more matches and a lot more teams participating, which is good for smaller teams like Scotland. Um, but I think it's, who's going to watch all this? Who's going to take, what, four, five, six weeks out to spend day and night watching the World Cup? So I'm not really sure if that's such a good idea. Bigger, bolder, larger isn't always the, the best way forward. You, you can't expand too far and completely outreach, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But, you know, do you, you don't need to watch all of it, right? I mean, the diehard soccer fans will try and watch all of it, but it's going to be impossible because you kind of got to pick and choose your teams. It kind of comes appointment television again. 
And I, it, that's crazy how it's the most successful sporting event ever. It only does happen every four years, like the Olympics. Well, Summer Olympics, four years, winter, two years, four years. So it's two and two and two. But I like these. That's interesting. Do you think the Olympics or the World Cup has a bigger cultural impact on the world? Because I would honestly say it probably is the World Cup. Because the world is obsessed with soccer, football. It's way more competitive. Uh, the Olympics is like a, a mishmash of a lot of other games that people kind of understand and kind of play. Everyone can understand the basic fundamentals of soccer. You got a ball, you kick it in the net, and at the end of the game, you see whoever has the most wins. It's relatable. Anyone can play it. I definitely think the World Cup has a bigger social impact, cultural impact on the entire globe than the Olympics ever could. Um. I would agree. I think it's basically because it's not only the World Cup. Um, you have to see that so many billion people around the world watch, for example, the Premier League. Yeah. The Premier League is big in China and Japan and all over. And the Premier League is the league where most players want to play. So they come from Japan and they want to play in the big leagues. So if you think about uh, like live streaming, you get lots of Bundesliga matches, you get lots of League One, like the French, especially the Spanish League, and of course the Premier League. So you have football all the year round. Whereas the Olympics also cover sports that are really for a very small niche group of people. Yeah. Now, who's, I'm sorry, how much do you understand archery? The Germans only okay, watch yeah. archery at the Olympics and only because the Germans are good at it, yeah. finally. Yeah. So I think that's one thing. And of course, um, talking about social impact, what is quite important is, of course, it's a team sport. And the Olympics have not really been used as a vehicle for social change or cultural change and impact the way football has. The whole racism debate, standing up against racism, uh, bending the knee, um, the whole idea about we need to discuss homophobia and men's football and so on, all of this is far more outspoken now in football or soccer than it will ever be in the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, and and think that's a huge debate because there you can reach a different set of people. You reach a lot of the people who would normally make racist commands, comments and then suddenly uh, they realize this is not acceptable any longer. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of debate in group in team sports, especially the teams are international. Um, the teams are diverse; they're culturally and ethnically diverse. If you look at the German team of the 30 players, they they have more or less nominated for the World Cup. About 10 to 12 players have a non-German background, so they come from the, the, their great grandparents come from Poland, or they come from um, Sierra Leone, or whatever. But they all play for the German team. So that's a great integration factor. And you don't really have that with the Olympics, where it's clearly nation versus nation. Yeah? But here we have these mixed teams, and they have a cultural impact and a social impact and even a political impact. And you see that with a whole Qatar discussion. You've never had that kind of discussion about the host nation that you have now in Qatar. Yeah. And I think that's quite interesting, too, that, that people are developing a bigger awareness of the change football can bring. Yeah, well, I mean, the Middle East is, in general, is trying to kind of enter that world stage in terms of sport. Like, Saudi Arabia also wants to have a lot of sporting events, like wrestling, WWE, 
host a lot of events there. They have a lot of things over there. So they are trying to kind of make that cultural impact. But yeah, Qatar was a was a weird, not I don't want to say weird, it's an interesting choice. Not what I expected to host the Olympics. But um, how how does a country get selected to host the Olympics? I think the Olympics is pretty much just like, hey, whoever pays the most of the Olympic committee <laughs> pretty much can host. Um, That's why I got Russia and China. But how do, they, how do they pick a host for the World Cup? Um, the host for the World Cup is, of course, uh, voted for by the members of the FIFA uh, congregation. But every member has one vote. So all the small um, representatives of the national football associations like Costa Rica or whatever, they have the same, Trinidad and Tobago, they have the same vote as Germany or England. So basically, if you want your country to win, then you have to make sure that you get all the countries that represent or all the representatives that represent the small countries on your side. And if you're more an outsider, they go, yeah, okay, we side with you. Um, to what extent? Uh, to what extent money and corruption is involved? Well, I leave that to the investigators who are still working on it, um, like you know, investigating what Zeb Blatter did in his t- term of office and so on. But I think yes, um, a lot of that involves also like paying money to the small or to the to some countries, not even the small countries, and hope that they will vote for you. Um, of course. The FIFA always said that they want to widen football. So they gave it to South Africa and said, maybe with a, with a World Cup, we can promote some change in South Africa. But a World Cup is very, very expensive. So it was quite crippling for South Africa to pay for all the infrastructure of the World Cup, mm-hmm. um, which was in the end quite a setback. But it put South Africa and Africa on the map and suddenly we reported about the country and the region in a different way. So Qatar has the money, but I think the press is the press and the sponsors are very, very cautious about not wanting to be to be connected with a country where um the working conditions and human yeah. rights and everything are, let's say, very debatable. Yeah. And well, that's quite interesting. It's what we had with the uh, Olympic Games in China as well. And and Did Russia really, to that point. Did you get a lot of Coca-Cola advertising the Olympic Games in Beijing last um, year? You know, I didn't watch the Olympics that crazy. Olympics are just, you know, they're games to me. You know, to call the Olympic games, whereas World Cup is a sport. Another reason why I think the World Cup is better. But um, I I didn't notice. The one thing I do remember is, like, they're doing these ski slope things next to, like, a power plant. And it just looked really weird. But I don't, like, advertisements, yeah, I'm sure there's Coca-Cola everywhere. Everyone loves Coca-Cola. It's delicious. The best. Um, yeah. But they keep very they kept very quiet about Beijing, contrary to Tokyo. Yeah. And they keep very quiet about Qatar. So they say, like, we're gonna fulfill our sponsorship duties, but please don't force us to advertise outside the World Cup. Interesting. And that is something we haven't really seen. This is this is like the first time. But that has also changed because FIFA now has to think about where they're gonna give the World Cup to, because the sponsors won't be happy if that kind of backlash happens again. They're like, yeah, we'll take your so, money, we're not gonna put our name on it. <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, well, you also you also mentioned like what what the what, what the hosting did to South Africa. Same thing with Brazil. You know, they built these giant stadiums, cost billions of dollars, I'm assuming. And then they leave, and they haven't been used since. Mm-hmm. So how how can you avoid that? Because soccer is humongous in Brazil. It's one of the biggest games in the world, especially in Brazil. And they should host a World Cup because it means a lot to their people as well as the sport. 
But how can you do that without crippling the country in debt and making these stadiums that just don't do anything and have no purpose and can kind of ruin economies? It's really a, it's a tough situation. I'm glad I'm not in. But what, what can be done about something like that? I think the first thing is actually that um, FIFA should possibly invest if the country isn't that rich. If they mm-hmm. say we want you to host, um, then they might have to to do some investment. And we need to talk about sustainability. Um, the crazy thing is that it's the same with the Olympics. They usually often ask you to build more and stadiums. And you go like, what happens to the existing ones? Yeah. Huh? So like in Russia, you had already a lot of stadiums and Russia did a good job to that extent. They said, we're going to enlarge them. We're going to modernize them. We're going to reuse them. And we have big teams like St. Petersburg and Moscow that are actually going to play there. So that makes sense. Um, with Brazil, you don't have that, obviously. So you have stadiums that aren't built for um, big Brazilian teams because you don't have so many teams outside the big cities. And this is, for example, when Germany hosted the World Cup in 2006, and we're going to host the European Championships again. We just use the stadiums that are already there. Okay, you need to modernize, you need to update, maybe enlarge something. But basically, it's not going to cost that much, and it's going to be more sustainable. So that means you really have... But then you, you limit yourself to always going back to the same rich countries that already have an excellent infrastructure, and that is then, of course, not supporting countries who could do with a certain kind of investment in infrastructure. But I think in Brazil, it was also a lot of corruption again, same in Russia. And um, I think you just wasted a lot of money on things. And you need to build and design stadiums in a different way. They'll cost less money and they can be used as a multifunctional arena after all, after all or something like this. What London did with the Olympic Stadium, for example, they did a very good job on that. Yeah. It's a lot of work, takes a lot of time and effort. And honestly, to something like this, FIFA, whoever's in charge of all the money, you might, might need to take a little hit. And honestly, I think that's not necessarily the end of the world. Um, I think businesses need to learn that it's not all about profit all the time. Profit's important. Profit's actually most important. It's not all that matters. Um, so I think we can leave that there.